Welcome to the X5 podcast, everybody. Uh, we are joined today by my co-host here, Cobra Mike. Um, we also have Terry, uh, which you would you would recognize him in the in the band Splendid Chaos and his current band, what Bad Charlotte, right? Yes. And uh, my my bandmate and co-host Jeff Allen is with us today, and also stand-up comic Matt Davis, internationally known comic Matt Davis, and our special guest of the day is Henry Cho. He's been d- doing comedy for, God, how long? It's about 37th year. We were just talking about how he's been traveling doing comedy back when you could smoke and play. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was great, man. It was great. Four so, rows in first class and the back two are smoking. It was a beautiful thing. <laughs> that's crazy, man. I've never yeah. been on an airplane. Look, I'm 47, so it's not like I'm some kind of spring chicken, but... I, I don't remember ever being in a plane where they allowed smoking. No, yeah, I was after I've never it too. seen that either. It was the worst. I mean, international flights. I mean, you know, I'd go do stuff internationally, you know, London and stuff. Holy cow. I mean, half the plane smoking. And and people who smoked, they, they didn't want to smoke in their seat, so they'd walk to the back of the plane and smoke. Like they're going outside. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> you know, yeah. op- open the back door right quick and it, take a yeah. couple of drags. It was so hey, bad, open man. Open that window real quick. <laughs> yeah, right. Roll roll that window down right quick. <laughs> yeah, it was awful, man. I uh, I, <clears throat> I've heard your name forever, and I've seen your comedy forever, and um, they were saying you've you've been on Designing Women before. Yeah, that was uh, oh, good <laughs> night. That was nineteen eighty nine. Yeah. I'd been in L.A. about six months, and uh, Linda Bloodworth Thompson saw me on some talk show, probably Arsenio, and she wrote a role for me, called my manager and agent, and said, hey, uh, will Henry come do Designing Women? I'd never acted in my life, and I went, sure, I'll go do that. And Yeah, I did it. It's great. How long did you do comedy before you picked up a manager and an agent? Uh, it was pretty quick, uh, probably a year or so i mean that's unheard of well you know my my career started off kind of differently you know i was headlining within a year and a half and so i was uh i mean i got hired the first night ever went on stage i went on stage on a monday night during a competition in knoxville the funny bone knoxville tennessee and um monday night i just signed up Uh, i was the first alternate so i wasn't in immediately there 12 guys and they so they called me on Friday, said, hey, somebody canceled. And we still haven't found out who that is because I, <laughs> I, I owe, owe him a fortune. But uh, so I went down there on Monday night. My buddies are going, you really doing this? I said, yeah. So we're in my truck. We're driving down. And we're, they're going, well, if you're going to do it, talk about this, talk about that. So I, we wrote my set on the way down. And uh, I'd never been on stage before. And I thought it was 12 guys like me, but it wasn't. It was an actual you, competition. You make it sound easy, and I know it's what, not what easy. Year, what year is that? 1986. So that's 86. January 86. So, so 80, 86, you go you go on a Monday open mic competition thing. Yeah, I thought it was open mic, but it wasn't. It was like a... The, a real was, show? Yeah, it was like they were looking for the funniest person in Tennessee, and Showtime uh, Network oh, wow. was behind it. So... I go down there, and it's 11 guys who are working comedians and me. And I told my buddies, I go, all right, I'm going to go up and, you know, whatever happens, happens. I ain't never doing this again. My bad. All that. And so I went up and destroyed. I got a standing ovation. I won. And the guy who. What? Yeah. Congratulations. The guy who owned the Funny Bone Comedy Club chain, Jerry Kubach, was there because it was a big deal. Right. He's down from St. Louis. 
He's like, how long you been doing comedy? And I'm like, man, how's it? And he's like, what? My buddy's going, I swear, man, we we wrote that on the way here. And they're like, he goes, hey, you want to start working this week? I need an MC. And I go, what's that? He goes, well, you go up first, do 15 minutes, introduce the other acts. I said, dude, I ain't got 15 minutes. He goes, you got five. Just do that five. I'm yeah. Like, I said, all right. So I, that was Monday. I started working on Wednesday. I dropped out of college on Friday, and that was over 37 years ago. That's wow. insane. That's amazing. University, yeah. University of Tennessee, right? UT, that's right. Volunteer State. They can't make you live there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. So, you know, I got an agent and man. I got representation pretty early. And uh, That is a rare story, though. Oh, it's awful. It's crazy. I mean, have you met somebody that has that same story? No, no one does. And you'll know. No yeah, one no, does that's that. That's an insane. Because, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm doing the timeline in my head, right? So, it's 80, 86, you said. And then you go on a Monday, right, to the competition, <laughs> win it. And then working by Wednesday, out of college by Friday, within a year, management. Yep. And then within three years, you're on Designing Women. Yes. Like, yeah. Which is in the heyday of sitcom. Stuff. Right. You know, this is, it's very different than having a television show and being on a television show today. Right. Like, you are in, like, everyone knows Designing Women. Right. right? Um, yeah, it was crazy. Well, here, here's the crazy like catapulted. Yeah, it was it was insane. So the tenth time, so I worked that week. So I, I went on Monday, and then we did Wednesday, Thursday, uh, two Friday, two Saturday, one Sunday. Then I did a couple guest spots, just working out material. So the tenth time I was ever going to be on stage, there was a competition at Zany's in Nashville. It was HBO's Comic Relief. Right. So the winner would get to go to L.A. Uh, airfare, hotel, whole thing for a week, and go to Comic Relief, sit on the front row in front of. Whoopi and Billy Crystal and Robin. Oh so <laughs> three of my buddies cut class and went with me. It was a torrential rainstorm. I mean, my truck wasn't going to make it. We were like 30 minutes outside of Knoxville. And so I called this girl I know. I go, hey, can you come meet us and take us? So she drove. She missed class. She had a midterm and drove me to Nashville. And I won that thing and got to go to L.A. and all that stuff. So then wow. – I went, okay, I should probably... Well, were you spoiled rotten? <laughs> Everybody that hanging around you was like, this guy was just gifted this you, stuff. Well, yeah, it was kind of crazy. So then once I started like really working the tour, probably you know two months after that, I went and did the Funny Bone tour. And I worked with all these other comedians. And so, you know, they go, man, you know, you got to, you know, really start doing the road so you can get your chops because, you know, this is just kind of crazy. Right. And so I did. I did every time I could be on stage. I mean, I was doing shows where... Good Lord, it was, I mean, there was chicken wire around the stage. <laughs> You're not exaggerating. No, I did the Chitlin tour with Zach and Mac and all these African-American comedians. Chitlin tour is a, a black yeah, yeah, comic, yeah. you know, the yeah, show started right. at midnight. I went on like at 3.30, you know, oh, I'm the only right. non-African-American in the room. I did all those, East St. Louis, we did all these, with Chicago, South Side of Chicago. So I did all these, you know, I mean, you know, I, I walked on the Apollo back in like 88. I've been doing comedy less than two, about two years. And they tell you quick if they don't like you. Yeah. I mean, quick. Yeah. And I got seconds to get them. Yeah. Yeah. And I got them right <laughs> off the bat. Thank God. Yeah. But so just to develop a, an act and be, become like a real comedian, since I didn't go through the mics and take it on the chin, I did shows wherever I could. So then 1988... Uh, colleges were a big thing, so I performed at a NACA conference in D.C., and I got like 95 colleges. Yeah, well, how old are you here? I'm 26. Yeah. You're 26, and NACA, you're a young dude, 
you're already headlining stuff by this point. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, just murder. Just Mur- clean it up. I, I murdered. So then I thought, okay. So everybody wanted me to move to L.A. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to go to L.A. and then have to hit the road right. like everybody else I know. So I did 90 colleges in 1988, and I just banked it. I moved to L.A. January 89 and then uh, shot Design and Women uh, later that like four months later yeah but you said just a minute ago that they saw you on arsenio hall yeah so i was so you were already doing yeah. talk shows like arsenio hall yeah it's all been kind of a weird fluke and good time and so the first time i ever performed in la was at uh, at the hollywood improv um i had management and he was in la because he had at the time he had rosie o'donnell and bill ingball and i'd worked with them bill's one of my best pals so he hooked me up there and the reason I moved to L.A. so fast is I was in L.A. Uh, visiting Bill, and he got me on the Ice House with him, and I did a few spots. And uh, remember Robert uh, Gu- Robert Guillaume uh, from from uh, Soap, and then the the Benson. You're right. Yeah. So uh, he had a new show coming out. I think it was called the Robert Guillaume Show. And I came off stage, and his p- producer goes, "Hey, man, you live here?" I go, "No." He goes, "Man, you got to get here because I want you to be our warm-up guy." And I go, "What's that?" He goes, "Well, you warm up the live audience." Yeah, yeah, I've heard of that. And so I'm standing there, and Ingball's looking at me, going, "You suck, man." <laughs> yeah, I've yeah. been I've been out here five years. I, you, know. you just walk into a real paycheck, <clears throat> right? Yeah. So um, I said, "Well, I can't stay. I got to go back home. You know, I got some tour gigs I got to do, stuff like that." So. Bill's like, man, just move out here. You can stay with us if you have to. I said, nah, I ain't going to do that. I'll figure it out. So I moved a few months later. And then, um, so I get on at the improv uh, at in Hollywood, and I'm at the end of a showcase. So Brillstein Management, which is probably the biggest management company there is, uh, had a showcase. So it was Dennis Miller, David Spade, all these guys. And I knew all those guys. You know, we, we've known each other for decades. And uh, so I went on at the end. Well, the next morning, Brillstein's getting all these calls about me. <laughs> so they defer him to my manager. And then, uh, you know, so, you know, that was probably like on a, you know, Thursday. So then Friday morning, we get all these calls. And the next week, I mean, Monday through Friday, I had meetings with everybody, every network, uh, MB, uh, Sony, really? Touchstone, Viacom, Columbia Pictures back then. So then all this developed developmental stuff starts coming around and then all these talk shows started coming around so then you know heck i was you know y'all know nate bargatze oh yeah, yeah. okay so nate's ask. great so nate now off with him yeah yeah so nate's great and he's a good dear friend i've known him for years and you know he's blown up so big because of these specials he's doing we were talking about it and he goes yeah he goes but you did specials only in five minute increments because you were on tv right all the time doing even in the improvs comic strip live I yeah mean, all this stuff you need the tonight shows and then letterman and late late shows and all this so it's a hour special i was just doing it 12 times a year in <laughs> yeah, five minute sure. increments. <laughs> and and he's the one who who figured that out yeah and i said wow i guess you're right yeah that's just it he goes you wasn't just one boom yours was five minutes at a time yeah which is better because then when people come see your show you haven't done the hour in front of them you've done right. five minutes yeah you don't have to chew it up in front of them so yes the timeline is in pretty insane and that's heyday tv stuff too so those are huge audiences seeing right. those 12 minute things huge, huge audiences audience. back then uh big big ratings and the comedy you know as you know in the mid 80s huge wave so you know i i got on it and got in the curl and uh fortunately i'm i'm still in the still in the hole 
How's your golf game lately? Uh, it's just, it, it, as golf is, it could always be better. I was but, saying, I was playing the other day. I was like, they should make child molesters. They should pull them out of jail and make them play this game. It's so mentally just hand. It, it's the most exhausting game. That ever. would be better because then they'd be addicted to something else. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I just, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Th- thanks for bringing up. Yeah, that was, it, was an odd, it was an odd analogy. But. Yeah, that, that is. That, well, I should have said prisoners, but I mean, I'm just saying. That like, would have been probably better. Some of the rounds you have, you're like, I tell you. You must what. have been playing really bad. Yeah, I, 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 I shot a 114, man. I really don't want to talk about it outside of that. It's wow. Terrible. Uh, yeah, so my game's better than that. But <laughs> Yeah. What, what, are you, what a handicapper are you? Oh, it's the highest my index has been in about, uh, gosh, Under, 40 double years. Double digits? Oh, good, no. Lord, no, it's lower than that. I was, <laughs> he's insulted. No, no, no. I, I was a scratch golfer for 25 years. Yeah, so, you know, but I have 23 hours a day to kill. So yeah. I, I should be pretty good. Right. When I was single, yeah. So until I had kids and, I, you know, I'm a hands-on dad, uh, you know, with each kid, it went up a sure. notch. So, you know, my index is like six now. And, you know, yesterday I played the ledges in Huntsville on the way down. And, uh, you could take money from people at six. You know, it's the greatest. It's highest it's ever been. I, I play these guys now. They got to give me one or two aside. Oh, absolutely. And they're like, "This is bull crap." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I had an injury in my shoulder all last year. But I played eighty rounds, so my round my index went up. But it's coming back down fast. Who Who are some famous people you played rounds of golf with? Uh, Neil Armstrong. Whoa. That, that probably Whoa. That, that usually stops everything. Yeah. Right yeah. 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 <laughs> You starting in with his name. Next, next subject. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, so when I was single and I was a good golfer and my profile was pretty high, I played in a lot of these celebrity tournaments. So, you know, I played with a lot of these guys. And, uh, you know, I'll never forget I was playing this one tournament. And I I do a joke about it, how it's embarrassing to be in a celebrity tournament when no one in your group knows you're the celebrity. Right. Because <laughs> I was in this big tournament in L.A., and the only reason I was in it is because I, I could play. And, right. and I was doing a show. I was doing the auction and the whole thing. You know, and Kevin Costner's in a group in front of me, and Sean Connery's in a group behind me. And so the guy in my group, I mean, these companies paid like 25 grand each to play or something like that. It's it a lot of money. Yeah, and those this, programs. C, this yeah. CEO is just matter and I'll get out. He's like, man, they how come we didn't get it? We got nobody. Who did we get? We got a nobody. And oh, I'm yeah. Sta- <laughs> yeah, I can hear you guys. I'm standing right there. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, man, I, we ought to write a letter to yeah. somebody. <laughs> and... Uh, and two of the guys in the group his, who, who worked for the guy sure. knew who I was. And they're like, no, nah, man, we, we got Henry here. Henry's, <laughs> Henry's pretty famous. And I go, I'm not that famous. I, I get it. Okay. Yeah. And right then, uh, Sir Connery comes into in a golf cart. He was in the hole behind us. And he comes up and goes, oh, gentlemen, good to see you. Henry. Looking forward to tonight. He goes, you and po- everybody in the group was like, oh. yeah. And and he goes, you have the best golfer of the lot. You'll probably win. Henry, we'll see you later. And I, he turned, he rode off. And I looked at that CEO and I go, what about that, huh? What about that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'm y'all famous, didn't know who I'm I famous was. enough for Sean Connery to know. Yeah, right? Sean, yeah. Sean knows who I am. Yeah. <laughs> so so uh, yeah, you know, I, there was a great golf tournament in Hilton Head for 22 years, and I mean. It was great. Neil Armstrong was there. I mean, Johnny Unitas. I mean, just, you know. Buddy of mine was vacationing in Hilton Head. So I, I said, hey, come on out, man. Come to the range. If there's a spot, I'll get you to play. But probably not. People pay a lot of money there. Yeah. So we're on the range, and some guy comes up and kind of grabs me. And uh, 
gives me the bear hug and I'm like going, man, who is that? And the guy goes, I'm so glad you're here. I was so excited to see you on the list. I turned around and go, hey, Mr. Unitas, thank you very much. And he walks off. My buddy looks at me and goes, that's bull crap's what that is. That's yeah, that's not fair. <laughs> when did you start playing golf? I started playing when I was 12. And let me tell you, when you're in high school playing golf, it ain't cool to be playing golf back when I was. Not when you're – well, I wasn't allowed. I played baseball, and we weren't allowed to play golf. I wanted to play, and then I couldn't afford it in college. So I didn't, really didn't start playing until I got into comedy. My first road gig, Funny Bone, Cincinnati. Uh, uh, let's see. Dan Merriman was the middle. So I get to the condo, and there's two lists on the cabinets. And one's like with show times and phone numbers and stuff. The other one was AA meetings. <laughs> that sounds right. That That's, useful. The box. That's useful. And this was my first road gig ever. Right. You know, I, I've been in college and now I'm doing comedy. And I looked at that. And I went, "Oh man!" Dan Merriman walks in. He drove from Dallas to Cincinnati, mm. and he just came in. You could tell he's just wasted. And he goes, "Hey man, Dan Merriman, I'm going through a divorce. I got to go to a meeting. I'll see you later." <laughs> <laughs> and he leaves, and I'm like, "Oh, good night. Okay, I better get a hobby." So yeah. I went to Kmart in Cincinnati and bought Spalding Executive Golf Clubs. And then I started playing muni, muni courses everywhere. And then when I started headlining and start touring, I'd go on the radio to promote my shows. And no matter, like if I was in Birmingham, People I'd, I'd, go, I'd go, hey, if uh, anybody belongs to Shoal Creek or, uh, you know, Old Overton or, yeah. where, or wherever. Listen at him. He knows the courses. Uh, call me. And, and they would call in. Yeah. And they go, are you serious? And I go, yeah, man, I can play. I'll be there. And they go, We're, we got, we need a fourth at 1020. I go, I'll be on the range. And so this happened all over the country. So I get married 25 years ago in uh, Arab, Alabama, where my wife's from. Is she really? Yeah. Well, I know yeah. where Arab is. Yeah, well, I'm sorry for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Glad you got her out of there. Yeah. <laughs> So we get married in Arab, and we're at the. Uh, you got married in Arab. In Arab, yeah. I had like twenty-five people from LA come in. It was unbelievable. So we're at the reception, and my buddy's going, "Who's that guy?" And I go, oh, "That's Preston Trails Dallas. Who's that guy? That's Olympic Club San Francisco." All these golf guys, right? Who I've met throughout the years, yeah, came to the wedding. They go, "They came to your wedding," and my wife's like, "He sees them more than me. They just, they'll send, they'll just go. Hey, we need an eighth. Hey, we need a fourth, and he's gone." And I go, yeah, that's what we do. So I love that Brian Regan joke where he talks about he went out to play golf with his buddy and his wife asked us, Are they is are they still together? And he was like, I don't I don't know if they're still together. He's like, You were in a golf cart with both of them the whole day and you don't know if he's dating someone? I was like, No. She goes, How did that not come up? He goes, How would that come up? You're about 150 out over there, and uh, hey, are y'all dating? Like, who, nobody yeah. talks like that's about the that thing. Yeah, on a golf course, it's like and, the craziest thing. He's the great. Yeah, my wife asks that all the time. You know, take a golf trip. How are they doing? I don't. They're fine. I, I guess she goes. You didn't ask one question, not one. I said, Yeah, I did. I I, I asked him one time. I said, Was that a seven hour? Yeah, yeah. Not-, <laughs> not a whole, not a whole lot of relationship conversations going on on the golf course. No, no. you no. carry your sticks with you everywhere you go. There, everywhere, man. Yeah, I played yesterday. I'm playing. Let's see. I'm playing Greystone tomorrow. Down oh, in let's not come in here bragging like this. <laughs> yeah, I'm playing Greystone tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. No, but so that's what happened. So I start touring around, and I'm playing all these great golf courses. And uh, 
You play Pebble Beach? Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, whatever. Listen! Sure, kid. <laughs> I've never played. But, uh, Why don't you go up a little higher? Yeah, well, uh, give, give me some courses that, that you've played. Uh, Many times. Uh, been I, to Augusta, I, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I've played there about half a dozen times. So. <sighs> Which would be six. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like I said, I was, I was a, I mean, I was a, I could You play. know your courses when you hit a town you want to play, right? Dude, yeah. Uh, you don't see, have any bucket list courses you haven't played yet? Not, not anymore. Do you, I did. Do, do, you, do you do it where you book, where you're looking at a course and you're like, I want to, did you ever do that? Oh, like, my, whole, my, my whole tour book. schedule is around golf. <laughs> I'm seeing it now, yeah. yeah. It's been that way for 30-something years. Ever since I could kind of pick and choose, you know, you'll never see me doing Minneapolis in the winter. There's no way. No. You know, I'll go up there and, you know, I'll go play uh, Hazeltine and then do a show somewhere, stuff like that. But Yeah, yeah. a buddy of mine from up north was like, man, y'all can probably play golf down there year-round. I go, no, no, actually in August it gets too hot. We yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're right, though. But yeah. that's – so, yes. I mean, you know, I do Chicago – and certain areas only during golf season. And, you know, you know, my manager was like, you know, that's the worst time to do shows because no one wants to go. They want to be outside. I go, hey, the show is secondary. Yeah. <laughs> I move tickets. Don't you have no that. idea. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care if they show up or not. I'm there to play certain co- golf courses. I'm playing Olympia Fields two days. Who cares about, you know, stuff like so that. So you hit some of the uh, Robert Trent Jones track on the way down? Uh, yeah. You know, we play – so I take a golf trip every October with – my childhood buddies so uh four houses in a row where i grew up i'm we've known each other since we were four so uh that's 57 years we yeah. go back and so we take a trip every every october and they like to trail so you know we could do the one in florence this year we're going to prattville yeah the and judge we do, and and, yeah and all do all these and then there's there's eight of us sometimes there's 12 but the core four are four houses in a row we take a separate trip and, you know, I brought them down to Birmingham once, and, you know, we did Greystone two days and Ross Bridge, and, and they're horrible. I mean, you know, they're, you know, they're, yeah, they, yeah. You could play with them. Yeah. <laughs> I, I loved watching him search yeah. for the way to say it. Yeah. That was the best part. He's like, not that insulting. Hey, man, look, I play bad. Hey, hey. I play bad fast. I don't slow so people do they. down. So do they. Yeah. I'll, tell you how, I'll tell you how bad they are. We, we played Ross Bridge last year, which they lost. It's a long track. They man. lost fourteen of their greens, by the way. Yeah, and they're shut down. But well, they got a four hole loop. Uh, so the front nine, you know, I played okay. You know, I shot like thirty nine. And my buddy was adding up his score, and he at the front he goes, "Man, you beat Haas by twenty one shots." I go, <laughs> "I shot thirty nine. He goes, "Yeah, I shot sixty. <laughs> I go, "Haas, I beat you by twenty one shots." He goes, "Yeah." Take well, the you, blindfold off. Geez. He's like, you played pretty good. <laughs> I go, no, you played really bad. So, yeah. So they difference. had a you know, it was like 120, 120, 100. But we have a blast. Yeah, my family told me when I was in high school playing golf, they were like, look, I know it's not going to pay off now, but trust me, when you get older, it's where all the deals are closed on mm-hmm. golf courses. I mean, it's. I have a Letterman jacket hanging up in my closet that has a golf bag on it. Man, I couldn't get a girl to talk to me in high school for nothing. No, 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 not with a golf bag on it. No. Not back then. <laughs> no. Now you could. Yeah, yeah. But it is true, business-wise. Yeah. Is golf, I mean, I... It's a good sport to learn just before that. I tell my sons that, and they're doing... My daughter's a great golfer. Um, and uh, actually, she and I will take on anybody 
the, my two sons. You hustle people with her. You go out there. And she's so good, man. <laughs> she got a good swing. Yeah, she. So she made her middle school golf team and played two years, and then she wanted to sing and dance and be with her friends. And she goes, "I'm going to not play golf with, for the school." I said, "I don't yet. Yeah, fine, do whatever you want." You know, golf coach goes, "I can't believe she quit golf." I go, "No, no, no she didn't quit golf. She quit you." Yeah. Right? So, yeah, yeah. Yep. You were the problem. What yep. about uh, international courses? Any international golf courses? That yeah, you- I've been a, I've been really blessed. You know, I've been over to Scotland and Ireland, played all those. I uh, played Mexico, tons in Canada. You know, uh, stuff like that. But the next trip, so Rita Rita Rudner, uh, comedian. Yep. So back in the day, well, her husband's Australian, so they had an Australian tour as a three week tour. And back when I was single, I had so many different deals going on, I could never carve out three weeks to go down there to do it. Yeah. And so now it's come back up, and there's a it's down to like ten days, I think, and uh, two weeks. So I think uh, my daughter graduates high school next year. So once she's out of the house, can you believe it's already time for her to graduate? Doesn't it feel like you just had her? Good night. I'm gonna kill somebody. (laughs) (laughs) No, she's dating now, right? Yeah, she's got boyfriends. Yeah, you keep that. You got there cleaning that gun on the coat. I don't know. I just know when he first came to the door i threw a shotgun shell at him and he caught it <laughs> i'm trying to be new school about this he just caught it and i go hey you disrespect her the next one's coming a little faster yeah there you go i figured you'd just be there cleaning them golf clubs yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't make me make a necklace out he, of he's a great kid he he's a great kid and, and i i never thought i'd be this okay with any boy but yeah, he, well, he, he's a good kid but you know i'm a, just based on listening to what you say you said you were an active father you know, that's got a lot to do with you being a father and instilling that kind of, you know, trust in her to know that she's worth something and not let a guy treat her like that. That's why she attracts a guy, a nice guy. You know what? Thank you for saying that. Because yeah. that, that's, I mean, I so I pulled back for 10 years. So I was on this skyrocket kind of thing. And my, you know, my close buddies were still good friends. They were, they went to SNL to write and they finally got on to be uh, cast members and stuff. And I had TV deals. And then in, oh, Seven, I had a deal with uh, CBS. Craig Ferguson was my executive producer. Um, it was going to go. And then uh, three three days after we turned the script in, the the writer strike of yeah the last writer yeah, strike. Not this one, Not this but the one. last one. Yeah. This was the, the Henry Cho show. Is that this the one you're talking about? The Henry Cho show? The Henry, Henry Cho show, yep. Yeah. And then... So that so CBS we extended the deal until '09. So '07 '09 I had this deal, and it didn't get picked up in '09. And then ABC came back wanted me to because I had one with them from '04 and '05. They said, "Hey, you know, we want to re." And I said, "My window's gone." They go, "What do you mean?" I said, "It had to get on the air by '09 because then I was going to go five years till 14, and my oldest kid would be 14, and I could deal with that." I said, "But if it goes any longer, he's going to be like in high school, and I can't." be doing this when he's in high school and they're like what i said i'm, I'm out i'm out for 10 years they're like what so i told my agent my managers i said i'm kind of out for 10 years uh and they're like okay so they don't like to hear that no so from 09 to 2019 i was pretty much out i mean my oldest played high school football for four years and i told my agent i need every friday night off from august till uh november oh, and he kept That's you it. on board and I did. I missed one high school football game in four years. That's so. That's and incredible. as a comedian, you know how hard that is. Yeah, that's uh, that's a hard thing to even say. 
out right. loud. And then it's also, I can only imagine the dude you're saying it to, the agent you're saying it to is going, you need what off? Yeah, yeah. For so when? Yeah. So I did a lot of Saturday night theaters, one-offs, fly out Saturday, do a show, fly back Sunday, that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, my wife's like going, you know, you do whatever you want. But, you know, I appreciate what you're doing. So, you know, I coach my boys baseball and basketball teams and my daughter's softball teams. That's uh, great. You know, not, a, not every comedian can say they did that when their kids are growing up. Right. Absolutely so, not. No. And that's a, that's a priority, though. That's yeah, it was a priority. It was a choice I made, and I made it when I got married. I made it when I had kids. I knew I, I, knew I had to get some – if I was going to do a TV deal, it had to be done by a certain time or I was going to – pull up stakes yeah when i had my son i didn't feel like a sacrifice to me to do that it just felt like no, what it, i wanted to do what you want to do and it's and to me and i'm not anybody else can make their own choices but for henry cho uh that was the right choice for me you right. know <clears throat> it made you happy oh yeah yeah i have great memories of in it. the end you know everybody's like he did this for his son and daughters they're like no actually for me did i it got for me. the most satisfaction yeah. out of that and you know and my my comic pals that are super famous and you know we're still great pals they get interviewed and stuff they go no you know they'll ask them they go well you know Henry, actually henry cho did it right 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 he, he, he did it right he made a choice that you said an no, example no one for could believe and it was like you're gonna do what but we found out early on i mean getting into films is really difficult and i got in that also uh yeah, it doesn't sound difficult the way you talk about it. <laughs> it sounds like it's just laid out with rose petals. Yeah. <laughs> well, what happened? Well, it's because I, I, you know, I stand for something being uh, for you pe people that don't know. I'm Korean. Okay, right. I was born in Knox, but I'm Korean, so I was never going to do anything derogatory toward the Asian community. Just something I wasn't going to do. Uh, Key Luke, I don't know if you know, Key Luke was the blind guy on Kung, the original Kung Fu. Yeah. Okay. And Pat Morita, uh, Mr. Miyagi, Happy Days. You know, he was a stand-up. Was he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. And they both told me early on, probably 1989, I've been in L.A. about a year, and there was some big uh, award show, uh, and we honored Key Luke, and Key Luke grabbed me afterwards, and he said, you know, you know you're the one. You can turn things down because you, you have a job. That's right. not a waiter. Yeah. You, you can't. You can't bend. Mm -hmm. And I said, I was never going to. He goes, oh, well. I'm telling you, you cannot bend. Right. I said, all right. So it you know, trickle down. Yeah. And I got offered all kinds of stuff, speaking broken English. So I get offered to do Revenge of the Nerds 3. So my character was supposed to be a broken English samurai guy. So I'm in, and there's a couple of, you know, there's some other Asian guys. And I walk in, and they go, you ready? And I go, I ain't doing this. And they go, and I go, I ain't doing that, man. I go, you know, I came in to meet y'all. You want to do something? Yeah. We'll do something, you know. It's like Friday clock, Friday four o'clock, and they're like, "Well, what do you want?" I said, "I, I said, I tell you what, give me over the weekend. I'll come up with something, and I'll see you Monday at 10, 10 a.m." Wow. They go, "All right." So I came in at ten a.m. They go, "What do you got?" I said, "My character's going to be an Elvis freak. I'm going to have mutton side, mut, mutton chops, and a big yeah. pompadour, and I'm going to go around and talk like this." All right. What do you like? And they went, "That's it," and I got it like that. <laughs> and it is absolutely hilarious <laughs> if you haven't seen it it is the funniest thing they let you rewrite something in the movie oh here's the crazy cool? thing the script for my my character steve toyota had there were no lines in the script after that really because we'd get in a table around you improv oh yeah we get in a table around read and they go okay henry what would you say here and i go well okay they go well we got to introduce your character so i said well you know let's do the south korean bit where you know i'm korean i was born in tennessee so i'm south korean 
boom. Yeah. <laughs> Just the first joke, right? I think that was the first joke of the whole show, yeah. the whole movie. But so we do this whole thing, and then uh, and John Panette, God rest his soul, he was in it, and he and I riffed a bunch. Guy was. I wish I had that. I wish I had footage of that, because Roland Mesa was the. Uh, you talking director. about the outtakes, footage of outtakes? Yeah, because Roland Mesa was the director, and Roland was really, really creative. So there's a few scenes where John and I were in the same scene, and we'd finish all the lines and the, and the shots and blocking and all that, and then he'd go, hey, Henry, why don't you and John just kind of do something? So John and I would just start riffing, and the camera would roll. You know, it, it never made it in a movie, but, you know. Oh, yeah, a lot weird. of stuff gets cut out. Yeah, the best stuff. But yeah, John was great. But, but that's an interesting point. I want to come back to where before that Revenge of the Nerds moment, you're talking about, you know, you absolutely won't do, do those things. It's very, very easy to do the exact opposite because that carrot will be dangled. And if you'll come do this, we'll put your face on the TV or in the movie or in the whatever. And a lot of people won't, they'll bend on that moment. They'll walk into that moment going, I would never do that. But given that moment, they won't stop and go, no, no, I meant it. I won't ever do that. Yes. I tell you, the brass ring was there three times. Uh, uh, the hardest one for me to turn down was, uh, this was 1991 ABC. I had a show. Pat, Pat Morita was going to play my dad. And um, they just wanted too much broken English and really stereotype stuff. Right, and so I told him, I said, I, I, I can't, I'm not going to do this, and so I walked away. Pat stayed attached, and then he called me like two days later. And goes, man, it's gotten just out of hand. He goes, I, I, I really need this job, but I'm not going to do it if you're not doing it. Because after you left, now there's no one stopping anything. He said it's the worst ideas I've ever heard in my life. And uh, the crazy thing is, so 1991. Uh, I I was looking for a character to play my little sister, and you got to understand there was no one out there. There were no young Asian American actresses, hardly. Um, <clears throat> Tamlin Tamita uh, was in the Karate Kid too. Uh, you know, she's a dear friend. I I, I looked look to her, but comedy's to totally different. So a buddy of mine in San Francisco said, "Hey, there's this brand. There's some open micer, and her name's Margaret Cho." You know, maybe take a look at her. So I had Margaret send me her stuff. It was a headshot, and she had computer paper <laughs> for her bio, which had the 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 dot matrix dot paper. matrix on the side, yeah. <laughs> and and her bio was like you know nothing. It was like yeah, you know, I performed at a bank or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> and so uh, I brought her in at ABC, and had, you know, we had the network thing going. And then two years later, they they gave her the show with all the bad broken English stuff okay. and she did it. But, and, and BD Wong was on it and BD called me and I was like, dude, you can't do that show. He goes, I got to do it, man. I'm not like you. I got to do it. I'm an actor. I got to do it. Right. It's so, a paycheck. It's yeah. Money. So he did it and he goes, you know, I get my insurance. I get this, I get vested. I got, Sad I card, get it. Yeah. Right. He said, you can say no. You're the only one that can say no. And I said, well, okay, whatever. So yes, very hard to say no. And, uh, the other time I had a deal, um, NBC, Brandon Tartikoff was still there. And he was brilliant. And he got it. But even then, they wanted my mom's character in this particular show to be really, really Korean. Mm. And my mom's Korean, but she speaks fluent English. I mean, right. she, she says shan't. 
<laughs> she's Victorian English. She speaks yes. Victorian English. Yes. Yeah. She speaks so, it. She speaks she, it better than most most white people. Exactly. Yeah. Most 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 born Americans. Right. Right. And so they just kept. I said, "Man, I can't do that to my mom. There's no way. You know, I'm not doing it." So uh, they put the deal on the table, and my manager and I went. And I, uh, after I got done, I called two uh, two of my buddies back in Knoxville. And they said, you walked away, didn't you? I said, yeah, I walked away. And they went, man, we're we're all just sitting around here right now waiting on this phone call. And, and he goes, and it was six to one that you'd walk. <laughs> wow. I said, yep, walked away. They went, man, walked away. Yep. So out of my all my TV deals, which I've been very fortunate, uh, you know, I said no four times they said no twice writer strike once so but we got another one in the works so we'll see so how many people uh still assume that you and margaret cho are related uh not as many now when, when she first started she used to tell people that she was my sister <laughs> oh, she started it <laughs> oh yeah i denied it i'm like you know what i used to say i said my sisters would kill you for thinking of that right <laughs> <laughs> Cause my way si- classier people. Because my you. sisters are so pretty. They would kill me. <laughs> How long ago did you meet Bruce Ayers? 30, he and I were talking about it. Uh, 36 and a half years ago. Good. I worked there within the first year I was doing comedy. Did you? At the old Birmingham Comedy Club. Yeah, man. He, we had him in a couple weeks ago, and he was just giving us stories of the guys he put up to headline first. That He was the first one in the country to give him a shot to, to do it. And... Uh, it's amazing some of the people that he's. Oh yeah, I mean you know it it it's you know there's a there was a comedy club in Indianapolis called the in, in Indianapolis Comedy Connection. Did you ever do that? No, no, that's before me. All right, because Chick was there. Chick was the man, the owner, and he always said, "Yeah, we'll see you on the way up, and we'll see you on the way down." <laughs> yeah, that's true with a lot of people. It's true. Man. That's why you don't treat people like crap. You never no. know when they're going to be. In oh well, of- well, here's the thing about a comedy club. As you know, you don't treat anybody who's employed there bad because the girl who was selling tickets may be the manager next week oh the manager or all of a sudden is now in charge of comedy for caa or something yeah yeah you just uh, never you never know you never know so you just try to be nice and do your business and get out of there what are some of your favorite comics that you've worked with uh well it's like i've i've been asked that recently and it's been like i've been saying if you've asked me that three years ago i said bill cosby but because <laughs> you're on record saying that a lot too <laughs> well the thing is I, i've been i've been drinking with bill and yeah. well i think oh. we were i don't remember oh no anyway <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you anyway <laughs> no. people get so mad when i do that i don't care uh bill cosby i listen to bill cosby and bob newhart uh, uh i didn't say bill story. cosby himself like that, that Bill, the special himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bill, Bill Cosby. He's a great special. Oh, he's a great stand-up. You know, he just made poor decisions. And then, uh, uh, and Bob Newhart, uh, Don Rickles. I was. Oh man. So here's the coolest thing. Uh, so I, I got to meet Rickles uh, several times. I got to be around him. And the first time I ever met him, he walked up to me and goes, "Oh, Doctor Cho." <laughs> <laughs> and I just you get away with anything. Oh, dude. I laughed my butt off. Yeah. yeah. 
And so as he was leaving that conversation, uh, he pulled his collar up and went, too much starch? It was the great. <laughs> I love him. So. So, so that was our little thing. Every time I'd see him, he would start walking off. He'd pull at his collar and go, hey, Hank, too much? <laughs> so I'll never get where that. I was at the Aspen Comedy Festival, and my manager knew that story. And all of a sudden, the kind of hall start partying, and there's Don Rickles and yeah. Bob Newhart walking up the hall. And uh, Mr. Newhart goes, Henry, have you been on yet? I said, no, 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 I'm on my way there right now. He goes, oh, great, because we only came to see you. And Don Rickles turns around and goes, you hear that, you young comedians? We're here to see one guy. <laughs> <laughs> he knows what he's doing. I don't know what you guys are trying to do. <laughs> and then he walked off. He goes, hey, Hank. And he pulled his collar. Yeah, dude. <laughs> and my manager fell out. He goes, that's the funniest thing ever. And rest in peace. What are the- so Rickles, uh, Jonathan Winters, Bill Cosby, uh, Bob Newhart, those are the guys. Did you, been did, able you, to, did you work with Winners at all? No, no I, all? yeah, you know, so John, uh, John Winners had a uh, had a young comedian special. Yeah. Kind of like, you know, I did Bob Hopes, uh, but Jonathan came out to see a bunch of comedians, and so uh, I was on the, I was on the thing, and he go, and he kept arguing with the producers going, can't we have six? They go, no, we can only have five. He goes, but we've already signed five. Why are we even here? They go, well, in case somebody, he goes, well, somebody needs to get six so Henry can be on it. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, just the fact that you want me. When Jonathan Winters gives you a little thumbs up, that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. You hosted a comedy show, though, yourself, didn't you, on NBC? Oh, I hosted the, Friday Night Videos. Yeah, the revamped version of that Friday Night Yeah, game. so what happened was um, uh, I bought a farm in Nashville in uh, 1994. All my buddies went to SNL, so I was kind of ready to go get out of L.A. for a while. So I bought a farm, and I was just going to kind of do both yeah. just kind of go back to tennessee and chill out and then I, I mean i was in my farm five days or six days and nbc called and they said hey we want you to come host this show friday night videos and i go host i don't really see myself hosting they go oh we've always seen you hosting so once you come out <laughs> they go we're gonna end it in six weeks it's gonna cancel but we want you to come get your feet wet see what goes on so i said all right and there was so, no chance of you saving the show they they knew it was gonna it was gonna cancel in six weeks so, and that's why I talk the way I do now. Because when I first start, you know, I used to have real thick East Tennessee drawl. You say light and right. Right, yeah, yeah. So the first video I introduced was Air Smith. Air uh, <laughs> <laughs> Smith with Steven Tyler. And so that was the first video. I go, all right, coming up next is Air Smith, Steven Tyler. And they came out of the booth and like, what do you, we can't understand a word you're saying. And they're like. <laughs> they didn't know who they they go, they they go, try it again. I'm like, all right. They're like, what? I go, all right. They go, all right. I go, all right. <laughs> and so it took me like 10 times that first one. I go, all right, coming up, coming up. They go, move your mouth. I go, all right, coming up next is the Aerosmith with Steven Tyler. They go, we can live with that. Right. So uh, anyway, so my kids are love that I talk this way and not like I used to because now they sound like me and not my like my wife's family from Alabama. <laughs> Alabama. But anyway, uh, yeah, I take over. Uh, week four, our ratings have tripled. So NBC's like, hey, uh, you want to do this longer because ratings are really good. I said, yeah, you know, I'll do it. So what I was doing is I was flying from Nashville to L.A. on Wednesdays. We tape right after the Tonight Show tapes, piggyback. The crew take a dinner break. Then we tape my – we were live to tape for an hour. Wow. And uh, – 
so and the cool thing about that was i mean so when i did the tonight show i i already knew everybody it wasn't like because you get kind of nervous doing those yeah but you know i was sitting in jay's chair while i was taking a break you know Were you really? yeah yeah so it was all cool like that so uh the sixth week comes up and we so that we did we added uh 10 more so then week 16 comes up they're like okay we this show's making money we went from like bob's bell bondsman's to now we have at&t <laughs> and yeah. sprint yeah yeah uh and I said, okay. And they said, uh, so what do you want to you want to keep doing it? I said, yeah, let's just keep doing it. Because it worked out great. I was there on Wednesday. Yeah. So if I had gigs, I'd just fly from L.A. to go do my gigs. And then sometimes I would fly to L.A., shoot it on Wednesday, and I'd fly the red eye back to Nashville. I'd be home Thursday morning and wouldn't go back to L.A. till the next Wednesday. So, And I still had an apartment in L.A. So it worked out great. And then uh, O.J. happened. So everybody's doing stuff on OJ. So we tape on Wednesdays. We don't air till Friday after Conan. So I said, we got to come up with something that's so far out. No one's doing. And it was, I said, and we have to shoot it tonight. Cause if we don't jump on the bandwagon now, we'll be later. We're gone. Yeah. And I'll never forget. I was in the bathroom and I came out of the bathroom and I looked at my buddy, Jim Hope, who wrote for, I, that was his first writing gig. I got him to be a writer for Friday Night Videos. Oh, then he wow. went to Greg Kinnear and later, and uh, Titus and Lopez and Disney and all this stuff. Now he's a, he, he's big time. And I said, I got it. He goes, what? I go, OJ Jeopardy. He goes, what? I go, we're going to take Jeopardy. We'll tag O in front of it, put a period behind the J, OJ Jeopardy. He goes, what are you talking about? I said, the answer is John Elway. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes what's that i go the other white bronco <laughs> and he goes oh wow okay so we just started cranking them out right then and uh so jeopardy wouldn't let us do the tagging on their side so we just called it oj jeopardy so we did the first one we taped it it aired friday night uh saturday morning i never gotten a call from a network ever on the weekend and I uh, got a call from one of the executives, and they just went, did you come up with that? Somebody told me you came up with that right before you taped. I go, yeah, I did. They're like, holy cow. Oh, man, that is so good. <laughs> man, he goes, I, we, we getting more calls about that because uh, it was tasteful. It wasn't mean. It was just funny. And so Leno calls me. And goes, OJ Jeopardy? How'd you come up with OJ Jeopardy? I, said, <laughs> I knew he was about to do his voice. I said, I, I just came up with it. He goes, I got I have the dancing Edos and you have OJ Jeopardy? I have the dancing Edos. I have a staff. Yeah. And they came up with dancing Edos. <laughs> <laughs> I go, Yeah, sorry, dude. So then he goes, Can we use that? I go, Yeah, you, know, you can't do it, man. So we did OJ Jeopardy for uh, Many, many weeks. Every week we had. It was a hit. It was a hit. Man, with all your success and fortune, I got a lamp out in the car I need you to rub for me before you leave. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Do you ever try out for SNL? No, because, you know, I, uh, I'm i not a character guy, and the only characters they wanted me to do were going to be derogatory. Sure. So, you know, I was going to be the sushi chef or the you know the laundry mat guy or whatever. Yeah. I just... You know, and I told I told all those guys, you know, all the late night NBC people, and I knew them all, and and they were very receptive to whatever. I mean, they asked me, you know, you have any interest? But I'm just not a, I'm not one of those guys. You, you know? never did writing jobs? No, I mean, I 
you know, I've written scripts like all the my TV deals, except for two, I actually helped write the script. Right. Um, Tom Tenowich did my very first deal with NBC, and Tenowich wrote on Taxi. Yeah. So he's pretty well established. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't going to touch that. I've been in L.A. like six months. I, I didn't I wasn't going to write a script. If I were you, I'd, you're in the casino. You're ahead. Just keep playing the machine. Jeez. You well, that's it. I mean, the thing is, so 2019 was, you know, I, I told everybody, hey, I'm back. Everybody got back. Everybody got back to me. So then, sure enough, you know, it was actually – fall of 2018 i was asked are you really are you 2019 you're back i said yeah so we started to develop a show i got some people said hey let's let's, yeah. let's do something so jim hope and i who from friday night videos we had a script i had a script in my computer from gosh 90 98 99 and i pulled it out and i sent it to him he goes oh yeah that this is the one let's just you know We'll, we'll tweak it. We'll update it. Update it, yeah. So we got paid to pay, write the script. We wrote the script. And uh, so we're kind of, we're in the middle of all that. But then COVID hit. So then I'm shut down for 18 months. Then had zero income for 18 months. How'd you navigate that? Zero. Fortunately, you don't do a podcast? so No, I didn't do a podcast. Uh, I, uh, it, it was a possibility, but I just didn't do it. I was, uh, well... Fortunately and thankfully and thank God, I've been doing this a long time. So I was able to have a nest egg. And when I started comedy, even when I was making, even when I was emceeing, I tried to keep this much cash in case I got sick or hurt. Yeah. And then I kept that going, even being married and having kids, just to have be liquid if I needed it. So um, in 2021, I mean, it was awful. It was So they say it was a year and a half, but... It was yeah. probably two and a half years because the next year I was making up all the dates that I had to cancel mm-hmm. and they're half capacity, 25% capacity. Oh, we did all that stuff playing music. Yeah. Too. So yeah. you're not making any money like you were going to make. So it's, you know, it's a two and a half year, you know, Drought. kick in the mouth. And yeah. so, you know, through all this, my, you know, I, and so my, one of my super famous friends has. He's done tons of movies. He makes gazillions of a movie. And he just called and goes, hey, you're back, right? I said, yeah. He goes, it's animated, seven lines, bus driver. I was going through the script. And I was going, you know, we need to get Henry to do this. So I did it uh, on my phone because of all these apps we have now. Yeah. In my closet. had my computer. Took, really? I had two computers. I had an iPad and a computer. Had a director here and a producer here. And I had my phone. And I did this whole bus driver thing. So That's great. Yeah. That's crazy, and the fact that you've always worked clean, you can, you're more apt to get all kinds of gigs, corporate gigs and stuff right, like that. Right, right. Corporates are coming back finally. That that really hurt too. Uh, not just stand up, but the, the corporations are really slow coming back because, you know, they all took a hit. So you know, yeah. if you're going to have a conference, you're going to, you're not going to go to, you know, some great resort somewhere. You're going to have it at your local Chuck E. Cheese and hang out you know yeah I've, I've heard comics like gaffigan and regan and guys that work clean that they stay a lot more busy with with those and the fact that they're coming back now it's just i tell you i tell every young comedian so i tour with guys so i have guys that open for me they tour with me i have you know probably half a dozen guys this side of the mississippi couple in the denverish area and i got some on the west coast because geographically yeah it makes sense sure. um 
for them to come because you know a lot of places like uh, you know when i'm in vegas in september but my my guy in fort myers has never done vegas and he goes can i come to vegas i go dude they here's what you make yeah. you know room aboard room meals all that's taken care of but here's what you make if you want to come for that all you he goes yeah. i'm there and so he found a flight on frontier and he Ooh. got some rental wreck <laughs> he says whoa yeah <laughs> frontier <Ooh>. yeah <laughs> just threw my back out when you said the word that's right <laughs> <laughs> so but he's doing it to do it yeah. so all my guys have to be clean and they have to be funny and then as it works throughout decades now i have these openers and they get good and they start headlining and then they move on and they do their own and you're proud to see them do it oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah nothing better than your guys letting the guy go be yeah like, yeah it is and i tell them that. And, and and i tell them i said dude you know here's the thing so i'm going to take you here here and here and if you're not headlining this room in two years you're, you're doing something wrong because so-and-so did it, so-and-so did it, so-and-so hey, did You have it. a high standard, though. I mean, you walked into this game and you're into it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why people don't headline within a year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it sounds Let me get this right. You've done, you've, done, you've done one mic set and you don't have a TV show yet? Yeah. Oh, what's, yeah. What? <laughs> what's your problem? Yeah. Get it together, man. How long you been in L.A.? <laughs> yeah. Come on. Yeah. You should have a pilot. You ever, thought about, you ever thought about being good? You ever thought about doing that? Just being, like, I don't know, like really good at this? That's what I did. I tell you, it's funny because – we were all sitting around, but comedians. It was actually so. Zany's had the 40th anniversary at the Ryman, so there's a bunch of comedians, and we're all, you know, we've all known each other for years. And somebody was talking about some new guy, and uh, they go, "Man, yeah, man, he's doing this, he's doing this." And somebody goes, "Man, how long has he been doing it?" And somebody goes, "Man, only eight years." And and James Gregory goes, "Hey, Henry." In your eighth year, <laughs> how many TV deals had you turned down? And I go, a few. And he goes, and how many network television shows had you done? <laughs> that new guy ain't got nothing on Henry. <laughs> well, speak, speaking about the, the Grand Ole Opry, if I'm not mistaken, in January, you were asked to join. Yeah, so February 11th, I was inducted uh, as the first comedian in 50 years to the Grand Ole Opry. Uh the Grand Ole Opry's been around for 97-plus years. I thought they had thousands and thousands of members throughout that 100 years, but they've had – I was number 229. Yep. But you know how big of a deal that is being from from that way. Yeah, it's so big a deal, I still can't believe it. I mean, I, I, so I've been there probably, I don't know, half a dozen times since I've been a member and just kind of walking in, and it's like, oh, wow, I'm really still not supposed to be here. Yeah, you know, I know. You, just, you, you have that feeling like yeah, you're in a club, I, you're I, not yeah, supposed to be let Yeah, in. It's like, that's what I I was telling. I got interviewed, and I said, you know, it's like that, you know, they're like being in a fraternity, and people go, how did he get in? You know, that yeah, kind of right. thing. So, how, but, did, how did they approach you with that? Just like a phone call? No, so what happened was, uh, here's how the whole Opry thing started. So Amy Grant did a show commemorating Minnie Pearl's 100th birthday. Uh, so it's 2012, I guess it was. And so Amy asked me to come be part of the show. So I did. I've done tons of shows with Amy. And after the show, she said, you need to do the Opry more often because humor's always been part of the Opry. And I'm like, uh, you know, whatever. I don't know. And the show went great. So then uh, a guy named Pete Fisher, who's now over the CMAs, was a GM at the time. And he goes, yeah, you need to come. Come anytime you want. So I didn't really call or anything. And then a buddy of mine had a, surprise birthday party and i couldn't be there but my wife went 
and she happens to be at a table with with Pete Fisher. So Pete gives him his car, her his card and says, have your husband call me. So I called him. He goes, hey, you really need to come do the opera. Pick a date. So I thought, okay, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to go with, you know, some some of my music pals are there. So uh, Who are your music pals? Well, I don't want to name drop. Come on, let's do it. That's no. what this podcast is about. I know. Name I mean, drop. Well, but I hate to name drop because Paul McCartney told me to never yeah. be a name drop. <laughs> <laughs> it was either he or Michael Jackson. I don't know. Uh, so I called Vince Gill and I said, hey, man, uh, I'm going to do the Opry the night you're there. Yeah. And he goes, oh, that's great. Come on. And he goes, As a matter of fact, we'll just ride together. I said, all right. So I go and I did the Opry. Went great. So Pete goes, you know, pick another date. So I made sure all my buddies are there. So, you know, I did it, you know, Rascal Flats, all these guys yeah. I know and stuff like that. So I did it a handful of times that way. And then they just started sending me dates. Are you available this date? Are you available this date? You know, and so, you know, and I've known Carrie Underwood since she started. Uh, matter of fact, I opened for her on her first tour after American Idol because we were both with CAA at the time. And they didn't want another music act to go out with her. They wanted a comedian. They said, well, you go out with Carrie. I said, sure. You know, we were doing 2,300-seat theaters and uh, not even barely selling them. And uh, so I've known her for years. So now, you know, I've done it a few times with her. And the show's it's phenomenal when she's on it, as Absolutely, you can imagine. Absolutely, yeah. So all of a sudden, I start doing Opry. So now I've done it over 100 times. And in January, Marty Stewart, we are doing a Facebook Live thing about the comedy of the Opry and he he invited me then me and Gary Muldeer at the same time got invited and I like I thought he I thought it was a I thought this is cruel you, who put you up to this wait, and, uh, wait they told you on Facebook live yeah so then <laughs> is that how the Grand Ole Opry works that's traditionally how they did it yeah, yeah. yeah back in the 60s <laughs> that's the reason they did it is because they never have two comedians on a show and there was never going to be a time when Gary and I were on the same show. And that was the only time they could get us there. Because Gary was on the show that night. And they asked me if I was in town to be available to come do this thing, talk about comedy and the Opry. And I told him, yeah, I think I said, I'm in town. I'm not sure if I can do it or not. And then, I mean, they were like, hey, are you coming Thursday? And I said, yeah, I'm pretty sure. And they're like, well, okay. And finally, this the woman's like, broadcasting. We need to know. Uh, this, I like it. He's big time in the Opry. You know what I mean? It's, I, mean I mean, maybe if I get around to this, it. this woman's like who, who books it. She's like, I was flipping out because we had this all planned. Yeah, they have heartbreaks, and, and stuff. we <laughs> weren't. You were telling me you're not sure, and I said, Well, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure when my daughter was going to get home. He goes, Okay, okay, okay. So I, you know, and I even said, I said Facebook Live. I said so. Do I have to be dressed? And she goes, well, yeah, just dress like you're doing a show, just just in case. So, so you know, I wear jeans and boots and a shirt. So, and then, they, yeah, so that's how they invited us. And uh, then uh, February 11th was the only date I had available, and Vince Gill inducted me. He was available, so that's. Is that's Killer D's in it, too? Did he tell us he was part of the Grand Ole Opry? He's performed he on performs. it. Don't even try to say. <laughs> <laughs> There's only been uh, one comedian in 50 years. Okay, I th he's done it a bunch. I thought. Yeah, he's he done. He's probably done it, you know, five, six times. And is it? He said it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of nerve wracking. He said because they have hard breaks and and, and like you're. Well, that's why they love me because you know I'll I'll show up and they go, man, we're running behind. Do uh, 11 and a half. I go, all right. So I'll go up there. 11 and a half. Bam. Hey Hank, we're running way ahead. Do twenty-two. All right, bam. So it's, it's you've got your bits I, where I, you can get I, out of them. I've, I nail it. And 
So as a comedian, you know, you do with this audience, and even though it's a different audience every time, you still yeah. got the staff, you still got the crew, you got people who've seen you all this. You try to do something different. So, you know, early on, I would try to do, but I also learned that the Grand Ole Opry is a certain demographic. And sure. so if I get out of this lane, I may get laughs, but it's not my job just to get laughs. It's, it's my job to friggin' crush it. So uh, Vince told me, he goes, hey, man, I, I sang the same three songs the last five times I've done the opera. So just kill it. Yeah. Do, yeah, you, do the greatest hits that work here. Yeah, because yeah. it's not my show. Yeah. Something I have eight minutes sometimes. Normally it's around twelve or thirteen, but sometimes I got eight. And you know, if you lose them one joke, that's not enough time to get them back. No. So I go out and just punch them right in the mouth, and I don't lit up. I stomp on their neck, and I don't get up until I'm done. But that's that's the other thing is being able just touring so long without a following, and still doing really good shows. Because, you know, now, I mean, if I do a show, 99% of the people came to see me. Right. So it's a different thing. You're not winning them over. They're on your side when you right, come out. Right. So, and, and I forgot all about this until we did the 40th anniversary of the Zanies. We're at the Ryman. And the first few people that went up have only done their own shows for the last several years. Oh, yeah. And it's a certain demographic. Mm-hmm. And gender, and it wasn't it wasn't great, really. And so I went, "What's going on?" I went, "Oh yeah, that's right. This is like doing it's, an opera show. It's a grab bag. Yeah, it's yeah. like doing an opera." So I went out and just went, "Bam!" I went up fifth, and just and James Grace like finally a professional. <laughs> He's great. <laughs> a professional got the show going. <laughs> So, and even the MC was like, okay, that's totally different. Yeah. And I go, yeah, that's, and, and Killer Bees went on right after me. And Bees is like going, that's, thank you. Look, we that's got Bees. Uh, I saw that. You see he's in the moonshine. Save now. up. Yeah. I've known Truett for my entire life. Career. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Bit he's Truett's the greatest, and he's done the Opry many, many times. I was just kidding. But no, he's not. Done. Anyway. No, I wanted, I wanted to see you start a feud with me. No, that's what I was hoping for. No, I'll ask him. I'll ask him if he has a mailbox at the yeah. ground. <laughs> you hear that, Bees? There's only 60 active members right now, so I don't see. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Well, congratulations haven't on that. Allowed, haven't seen him around the locker room. No, I haven't seen him. <laughs> I haven't seen him. And I, and, I, and I can guarantee you this, he's never been allowed in there. So. <laughs> he doesn't know that one exists. He doesn't, he doesn't have the password. No, he doesn't know the handshake. <laughs> We're sitting here looking at your dates you got coming up here. So uh, you're doing the Grand Ole Opry coming up next month. Yeah, I, I can't remember what it is. Oh, there we go. July 18th. So I'm in Birmingham. Then I'm in uh, what else got going on? Newton, South, North Carolina. So I'm in Newton, North Carolina. So I'm doing uh, three theaters: Newton, Selma, and High Point. So golf, golf, golf. Oh, yeah, I was about <laughs> to I'm, say. I'm sitting here looking at these at the Pinehur- going. Pinehurst is in there. Yeah. He sees them as golf courses. He doesn't even look at the venue name. So McVin- <laughs> Mc- McMinnville, Tennessee is a great little venue, and the reason that's there is because my middle kid, Grant, it will have all his college buddies 
uh, at the lake, and the lake is about 45 minutes from McMinnville. So uh, they're going to do their own thing Saturday night, and I'm going to go make some money. So golf and vacations is what your schedule is wrapped around. Yes, and then I'm at the Princess Theater in Decatur, and uh, there's golf. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm really jealous of your life. Like golf and stand-up comedy, I and cannot then imagine. The Ritz Theater in uh, Gadsden is a great little venue. Matter of fact, it's almost I've seen it. Yeah. It's almost sold out. So if you guys will sell that out, we'll add another show. Yeah. And then Cookville, I'm doing because I come back from a golf trip in uh, Michigan on the 25th. So my wife said, "You better make some money when you get back." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you got then Vegas I'm, coming up in September. I'm in Look Vegas. That. That's the yeah. Frontier Airlines. It just every time he clicks that, it just pulls down another twenty shows. I know this is great. Like, Corsicana, Texas is a great venue. It's just south of Dallas, and uh, it's a big country music uh, uh, thing. But they've uh, allowed me to come and do shows, so they've been really great. And so is Lufkin. Lufkin's uh, kind of in the it's it's closest closest to Houston, but it's kind of out in the East Texas area. And then, uh, oh, you are back. Arlington son. is the uh, Arlington Music Hall, a great big venue in Arlington, which is a Dallas suburb. That's uh, mainly music. Wall Hall is a great venue in South Carolina. It's about uh, two hours from Atlanta. And, uh, and Tullahoma is a great venue. So that's near Tim's Ford Lake, and that's where we have a, a spot. And so it was funny. I was get, putting gas in a boat one time, and some woman came up and goes, Why don't you do a show around here? And I said, Where would I do a show around here? And she goes, There's a Civic Center in Tullahoma, and I said, "What?" So I went to go look, and they ain't no Civic. It, it, it's a room. <laughs> it's a room. It's it, 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 it's an it's an old elementary school, but they call it the Civic Center now. So this will probably be my tenth January in a row. I've done a show there, and it's awesome. Great people, because then I go down and check on the check on our place, Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah, that is. So I used to do Jacksonville. I did a comedy club there for thirty years, but my buddy so owned it, Fred Posen. Yeah. Uh, he sold it so i honored the date last year and uh i've always turned down doing theaters there and i was going to do a bigger venue but then the murray hills theater is a christian uh christian music place christian music only and so they asked me if i would uh probably come do a show there so we're doing right now it's set for one show but i think we're going to do two on january 26th so i always do jacksonville uh Pro Bowl weekend, so I don't have to. Uh, but that, that, yeah. that this particular weekend is uh, is the championship weekend, so there's no football games till Sunday. So I'll go in on Thursday and play golf, play golf Friday. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do two shows. I'll play golf yeah. Saturday, then I'll fly home Saturday night, and they'll be home Sunday for football. Jacksonville, January, perfect temperature. Yep, I do Tampa in February. Yeah. To uh, Fort Myer, yeah. So South Texas. So you don't even California. have all your dates up here yet. No, I don't. That's as far as uh, they put them on uh, bands in town. That's what basically what that is. And, is uh, but that, yeah. So I'm 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 around, and I know a lot of people have been commenting. I, so here's the deal. I really don't do. So my guys send me screenshots of social media. I don't check it. I don't like. I, I don't. I it's don't. good for your mental health that you don't. That right. <laughs> So they send me screenshots, and a lot of people made comments that I'm staying so close to home during the summer, and I do that for many, many reasons. And one of the big reasons is summer travel. Airports are crazy. They're crazier than ever uh, with less flights, and they're packed. So if I can do Decatur yeah. and Make McMinnville and all these, I mean, McMinnville's 45 minutes from where I'll be, and 
Decatur's less than two hours from my house if, if in you Nashville. Can, if you can make your money in your backyard, why why go across the country? Right. You know, right. I, I, we, I get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that. the whole thing. But, you know, I'm doing Vegas, and I was in Denver in, in, uh, in May. I was in California in April. It's not like I haven't been. I just, during the summer, I'm, I, I stick close to home. Well, you've, I mean, you've been doing comedy so long, you've done it. You've been there, you've done it. Right. You know, exactly. you got the t-shirt and the mug. Yep. You know. And I'll be there. It, it, <laughs> I will eventually be in your area at some point, unless it's winter and you live up north. <laughs> or you don't have a and you don't have a golf course anywhere near the town you live in. Yeah, that's always a problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, we thank you for coming in today, man. It means a lot to us that you take time out and drive oh. drive out here into the sticks and come see us, man. Dude, are you <laughs> kidding? This is prettier ride than going to Arab anytime. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I love you, Arab. Love you. <laughs> HenryChoComedy.com is his website for, for tickets. You can get everything there. Do you have merch on there? No, we don't sell merch on the line. We get with it, Henry. No, oh, man. no. All my merch goes to charity, so we only uh, do it at live shows. So oh, you do? If I'm doing a show, uh, I got a merch guy. He comes, and uh, it actually goes. We've been sponsoring a boy in Honduras since he was five. He's uh, 16 now, and we'll continue to do that till he ages Is he out. driving a Lambo? I mean, if you're selling shirts and giving him all the money, I'm telling you, he's probably no. got a nice vehicle. Over but there. I tell you what, he's been going to bilingual school, and we're going to send him to university. And uh, he's a really good soccer player, so if he signs a pro contract, I'll adopt him. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got a lot of eyeballs that watch this in the South. Y'all go get your tickets to Henry Cho. He's one of the best comedians. He's been doing it since Nam. So uh, he, he's a guy you got to check out. He's been in the game. Seventies. No. <laughs> since Elvis died. Yeah. yeah. He's got his dates wrong. Make sure you uh, tune in next week and leave a comment on the YouTube channel. we got to get that algorithm kicking, guys. So leave a comment, uh, and we will see you guys next week. Girl, you get away with love.